0: And thank you, children of God. It is great to have you help preach the gospel, and God uses you to do that, and what a blessing it is to hear that through you. Now, people of First Lutheran Church and beyond, the grace and peace of God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ be yours. Indeed, these are yours by the power of the Holy Spirit and through baptism as you hear God's Word for you today. And when you have the grace and peace that comes from the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, when you have this grace and peace, well then you have everything. You may not realize it each day, but you have all that you need, no matter what's going on in your life. Because this means that you are forgiven of all of your sins. Which means that Christ takes a hold of your conscience, so no matter what you're feeling, you are held securely in Jesus. And this means that the power of death no longer has the last word, but Christ does. And when he says, rise up, you will listen to him, and you will be raised from the dead. Amen. Well, we share this treasure together, and it is my pleasure and privilege to share in this treasure with you this morning the treasure that we share is the Word of God and these sacraments which deliver God's promise bringing Jesus to you and now we've heard this word this morning on this day of the baptism of our Lord we've heard from Isaiah and Psalm 29 and Acts and Matthew they're all giving over Christ to you in abundance and with power Christ comes now to you Isaiah says it this way he says here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit on him, a bruised reed he will not break. So Christ comes now to you this day as a bruised reed. And you might wonder about this. Christ is bruised, for he takes on the sins of the world. He takes on our sins. But he will not break, Isaiah says. He is not broken because he is raised from the dead. So this servant takes on our sins, takes on your dying, and the sins committed against you as well. Jesus takes them all to himself. And though you too will be bruised, you may have come to worship this morning feeling a little bruised, maybe a little sore from shoveling, but bruised in other ways as well. This happens in this old world, but you too will not break. Because of this promise Christ has brought to you, you will not break, for Jesus is bringing you new life. As Isaiah says, see the the former things, the bruising has come to pass, and new things I now declare, before they spring forth, I tell you of them. But Isaiah is not alone in this proclamation. We hear also from Psalm 29. The psalmist sings the power of the voice of the Lord thundering over the mighty waters. Now when you think of mighty waters, I suspect you might think of the ocean, that we don't live near the ocean, but this body of water that can swell 20 30 feet crashing on boats and on rocks on the shore. Or maybe a little closer to home, you think of the Missouri River this unstoppable flow that comes through this state, producing power for many. Yet, perhaps, after this week, when you think of the power of the voice of the Lord over the waters, you might think of the frozen version of the waters, which have flowed right into our front yards and streets. You might very well think of over 24 inches of snow falling in two days. And what a beautiful mess it has made of our communities. Now, I drove to Sioux Falls. I came here from Rochester this past Monday, just before the snow started falling. I left a little early on Monday, thanks to the always keen weather forecast watching of my wife, Erin. She said, you might want to leave Sunday if you want to make it there for work for your first day. But I said, no, we'll leave early on Monday. And so I did. And I got here just as the snow was falling. Yet the first day, at least in the office, didn't come Tuesday. It didn't come Wednesday. It came, like for many in our community, Thursday, when things started opening up a little bit. It's amazing how little snowflakes seemed to change time itself this past week. Bending the week from one day to the next and then to the next, you wouldn't expect a little vapor of water to have such power. But the psalmist reveals that this much and more is the power of the voice of the Lord, which not only created these snowflakes, but all that we have. And it is mighty, this voice, to accomplish what it says. And it is not bound by time. If the psalmist doesn't get to have all the fun either. For Matthew tells of what seems to us and to John the Baptist to be a most upside down baptism. We hear about Jesus' baptism in Matthew, and there is John preaching up a storm on the banks of the Jordan River, telling about the Messiah who is to come, when all of a sudden, the Messiah actually shows up. The power of the Word. Yet, even John doesn't know what to do. He's flustered by this. It's as if he loses his place in his sermon. For John, like you and me, is still stuck in his own sin to trusting all sorts of things beyond God's word. And so he even tries to deny Jesus' baptism. He says, no, I can't do this for you. He fears his unworthiness. But Jesus insists, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, Matthew says that John consented, and he baptizes Jesus. Now He doesn't baptize Jesus for his own sin, but for the sin of the whole world. For here Jesus takes on our sin so that he may take it to the cross and fulfill all righteousness for you. Now I know that today, especially, there are college football fans all over the Dakota Territory, and right now they are wondering if it is a jackrabbit or a bison, which will be more powerful. You may have your money on one team or the other, or your hopes on one team or the other, but I want you to know, especially since you've come to hear this word now, that it is the dove who shows them both up today. Can you imagine that? The dove, more powerful than the jackrabbit or the bison. For the Holy Spirit then comes and lands right on Jesus, and a voice from heaven, this mighty voice, says, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. And now for you who have been baptized, who have received this promise in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, while you too are beloved by God, Because of Christ. If you have not yet been baptized, will you please come talk to Pastor Zelmer or myself? And we would love to talk more about this and make that happen. So in baptism, we have the water through which the Holy Spirit claims us. In baptism, you have God's word, his voice, powerful and mighty, more powerful than 24 inches of snow. And in baptism, God gives you his own name. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, so that you may call on Him at all times, especially when Satan is reminding you of your own sins, bedeviling your conscience, trying to make you trust your own victories or run away from your own defeats. Satan is a master at this. Yet in baptism, you have died to this false trust. And I will remind you of this often You are also raised to new life in baptism. Paul says this in Romans 6, our great teaching from Romans on baptism. He says, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so too we might walk in newness of life in this way now. Our Lord, through baptism, defeats sin, death, and the power of the devil, who is always trying to remind you of your sin, always trying to interrupt this message of grace with what you're feeling or doing. But now you've been made a beloved child of the Father, not because of what you've done or chosen, but because of this perfect promise. So no matter what you're feeling today, you have God's most precious treasure. You have it. It's given to you. Given to you in baptism. It will be given to you again in the Lord's Supper. And now as you hear this word. Now I mentioned college football. It is kind of that ultimate time of the season. And I know that there are many Jackrabbit fans out there. There might be, there might be a few Bison fans as well maybe there are even a few Bobcat fans, I don't know uh, and uh, certainly some Augustana Vikings fans I learned yesterday a little bit more about Texas Christian and uh, you might be a Horned Frog fan, is this right? The Horned Frogs? Who will be playing later? Well, no matter what, you have your team, I suspect and the object of being a fan is to show your colors to the world to cheer your team on to victory so today You cheer for your team, you enjoy this, you cheer loudly. But I want you to know that in baptism, the only fan that matters now is God. And in baptism, He favors you. He favors you. He chooses you. And He doesn't just cheer you on in hopes of victory, but He gives you the victory now. And it is yours. It is given to you already. And this means that you are forgiven. You are claimed. And on the last day, when Jesus says, rise from the grave, you will. Amen.